Step aside, the mic is on. I never finish a sentence. I ramble on. I'm Evan as the twonk. Face like a baby, but I drink like a drunk. Ripping to the mic, and I can't sit still. You can hear me spit on the rumor mill. Want to hear more? Go to Patreon. I'm training for the day that Taylor's gone. on the wall. I'm the sickest of them all. Cough, 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 diabetes. Want to get with me? Better eat your Wheaties. Join the show in season eight. Back next year, I vacillate. It's Latte Boy, the voice of reason. Taylor's back for another season. I'm Joe Batanz, no other recap show even stands a chance. Maybe I'm short, maybe I'm fat, Sasha says. Don't joke about that. With Taylor and Evan right by my side, those other recap shows better run and hide. With the best damn show, won't say it again. Get your pussies ready to season hey, 10. Hey, girl, it's your world when you walk the street, step into Dan, your boyfriend, are you dating me or RuPaul's Drag Race? Hey Taylor, this is Kathy from Pot is My Co-Pilot. Remember us? The little show that could? When is this nonsense going to be over with drag queens? We miss you. He won't let us go, we're in Mexico We just want to see our numbers grow No matter, no matter what you know, stay away from Joe Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 10, Episode 0, Meet the Queens. My name is Joe Batanz and I am joined, as always, by one temporarily single co-host. <laughs> From the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... I don't define drag. Drag is defined by me. To Taylor the latte boy hello newly single taylor the latte boy how are you living the bachelor life that's me living the dream i am currently in my underwear as we tape this are you really fine with it yeah oh yeah yeah no totally don't show me don't show me don't show me it's just it's just ah 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 i mean i'm wearing a polo shirt i am classy 
That's what he's using. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, you know, like when like a little sex kitten, you know, like wakes up the next day after hooking up with a guy and she's wearing the man's shirt. Uh huh. And it just, it just covers her nether regions. Uh huh. That's you right now. That's, That's he's me. just wearing a polo shirt and just, it just covers just enough of the latte. Uh, I sat down wrong on my huevos. Sorry. <laughs> I'm glad this I was, week, I, yeah, I'm glad I wasn't talking. <laughs> now I have next week's sound, and I have Friday sound clip ready to go. <laughs> I, I am so glad I was not. Well, you know what? They're in isolated tracks. So I would have gotten it anyway. Yeah, but uh, well, Taylor the Latte Boy, welcome to season ten of RuPaul's yeah. Drag Race. It's like it's like we haven't done one of these in forever. Yeah, it, it feels like it's been so long since we have talked about a show about men in dresses walking down a runway to ums, ums, ums music. Yeah, what a long hiatus we've had here. To, yeah. uh, we're, we're like seasons. Will and Grace that they disappeared for years and then they came back. So yeah, it's, it's the same. I had to dust the cobwebs off. I forgot how to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, are you are you anticipating the next you know twelve thirteen weeks? Yeah, I I mean, are, are we ready to t- talk about our feelings about the show? Should I explain why I'm single first before, like, people think that something happened? You got divorced. No, don't put that out in the universe. No, I didn't get divorced. <laughs> so, no, uh, my husband, Babalu, uh, had an opportunity to go to Tokyo for 10 days with a buddy of his. Mm-hmm. So they are, he is currently, as we speak, he just left San Francisco international airport Mm -hmm. um he left probably about 30 minutes ago so so he's in my favorite part of the trip to worry about and have no control over he's over the pacific ocean at this point uh for the next 14 hours and then he is spending some time in tokyo and okinawa and kyoto i'm gonna tell you something as someone who's flown i haven't flown quite to japan but i've flown over the pacific ocean i've gone to hawaii several times in my life Mm-hmm. And also flown to Florida. The scariest part was from Florida to San Francisco. The turbulence over the Rockies is horrible. I remember one time, like, I, it's funny. I don't, I know there are a lot of people who hate taking off and landing. I love taking off and landing. My favorite parts oh. of the, oh, love them. Love no, it. I don't like landing. I like taking oh. off. I don't like landing. Love landing. It's my favorite part. Oh, I love landing, right? I hate turbulence more than life itself. Hate it. Yeah. And the turbulence over the Rockies is so bad, especially coming from Florida to California. I don't know why. And I remember one time, like, I just saw, I remember it was really bad and the lights were off in the airplane and everyone was just super quiet. And I and I, was, I was just like, you know, meditating. And I look and there are these two young girls with rosaries and prayer cards praying. And that just made me more nervous. So, this is really helping. No, 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 my no, husband no, is currently no, that in the was, air no, right now. No, 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 that was over the Rockies. The smoothest flights I've ever been on have been over the Pacific. Okay. Super, 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 super smooth. Like the most wonderful flights I've ever been on. Like there's no, t- I've had very many, I mean, like maybe like a little, like, like, like for like a second, you know, but like, yeah. but in terms of like turbulence, like anything I get over flying over the country. No, it's like the smoothest flight ever. You can fall asleep. You can sleep like a baby. Uh, is Babalu able to sleep on airplanes? He, yeah, he apparently he takes little power naps is what he called it. Because he's in pretty much the flight is something like 22 hours total. Yeah. So he said that he, I said, you know, because he's like, I'm not going to sleep. And so he brought his switch with him and he had a million different 
gadgets and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I said, you know, you're going to take some naps because he went to uh, Taiwan last year to visit with this friend who works over there at a school, at an American school. Mm -hmm. And uh, he pretty much said, you know, I took a little power naps, but it's okay. I'll be fine. So whatever. So he's done this flight before. A a similar flight. A similar flight. Yes. I will occasionally tonight wake up numerous times and look at the app on my phone that follows the plane to make sure that it's still in the air. So, oh, so you do get genuinely nervous. I, I just the, I mean, to, to the, I left him really early this morning. I took him to the airport, and I definitely, when I, you know, I gave him a kiss as I was walk as he was walking away, I gave him a hug, and I didn't want to let go of him, <gasps> just because I was just like, oh god, if something happens, this is the last time I'm seeing. And I didn't like, you know, no, you have a good time. You know, I didn't like, you know, I was shaking him and crying or anything, but I was just like, have a good time. You know, say yes to any possible new experience. And don't get involved with the yakuza. Those were the those were the rules that I had gave him. Oh, and he also has to bring me back. Uh, he has to bring me back a red panda. That's what I want as my um as my souvenir. I want a red panda from the the rainforest of Japan. Um, but wait, let me ask you this question: Is he going to go to Tokyo Disney? No. Oh, why not? Because according to him, and that has been the everybody has asked because we're big Disney nerds. Mm-hmm. You're going to go to Tokyo Disney, right? And he was like, no, because everything that I've heard, Tokyo Disney is pretty much identical to Magic Kingdom, I think. It's either Magic Kingdom or Disneyland. I think it's very close to Disneyland. Right. So he said, so that's something that, you know, when I go out to Los Angeles sometime, I could just go to Disneyland. And and I said, okay, that's fine, but we're not going out to Disneyland. I'm going out to Disneyland sometime soon, but you're not. But – also, the swag alone to get – he collects these, like, Starbucks yeah. mugs, the, w- the Wish You Were Here or something like that where they mm-hmm. all have very geo – and I'm like, just that for the mug alone. But he said, no, it's far enough out of the way of Tokyo that it's not worth it. Yeah, it's not exactly so. in Tokyo. And also – but also they have rides that are exclusive to Well, they have Tokyo that whole Disney. sea park. There's a yeah. whole park that's like an underwater theme park. And I said, just go for that. And he's like, well, they only have like three rides. And okay, girl, do what you want to do. What does he? uh, Yeah. But now, let me ask you this. You know, one of the things that Taylor and I are going to be doing when he's here in Los Angeles in June for the finale is we are going to take a visit to the Walt Disney Studios in Burbank, California, and they have a company store there. And it's it's pretty much a Disney store, but there is in the back a company store specific with stuff that you can only buy at the studio. Will you be loading up there? I will be, yes. At the very least, for my co-host, Taffy Carlisle Huffington, we will be. Yeah. I will be getting her stuff. But I will definitely get – I still have the cup that you got me. Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Fir- I know. The, the firmest, the, the not real Tervis. Well, so. former co-host of the show, Daniel Brewer. So I say I want to buy – I know Taylor the Latte Boy enjoys this stuff, you know. I want to buy him something. He goes, oh, well, buy him this cup. He, he loves these cups. It's a Tervis tumbler. I go, it is? And he goes, yep. So I buy this cup and I send it to Taylor. Taylor's not a Tervis Tumblr. Okay, that is not how I said it. And then I sent him a video of me smashing it against the the street. In front and then of he house. just pointed at it and laughed at it. Now, I have another question for you. Sure. How long after you got home today were you just like... Masturbating? Five minutes. podcast <laughs> yeah you should totally do that uh no i haven't done that yet though i made a joke about that today in a support group i was running where somebody asked me a similar question and i said well i could do that 
but I would just keep going and you would hear the crash into the bookshelf and then like books falling. <laughs> that's the way everyone knows. That's what Taylor looks like right now. Like he's his little tiny whiteies and his polo shirt just covering it. His I am not in tidy white. I couldn't tell you the last time I wore tidy whiteies. That had to have been in high school, I think. No, college. Because I got my first pair of Calvin Klein boxer briefs. I think I was a junior. So up to that point, I would wear tidy whiteies. Wait, I'm sorry. I need to do this. I'm sorry. I forgot to mention this. Evan, this is from the movie Risky Business. It's actually probably the most famous Tom Cruise scene of all time, wouldn't you say? This would, I would think so. And he's like a young man, and his parents leave, and he slides into the ha- into the room, in the shot. And he's, and he's like, in an Oxford and tidy whiteies and white socks and sunglasses. What is he wearing sunglasses? Oh yes, and he has on sunglasses too. Yeah, he's saying that's this. not the part I was focused on. The part I was focused on is when he falls on his back, on the couch, and he mm-hmm. shakes his legs, and you kind of see his, you know. Tank oh, area do? in his butt. Oh, well, you yeah, do? you don't actually see, no, you don't see like his actual ass crack. But I mean, it's where it's it's an odd angle. It is like his junk is all kind of. This is this is you know the the subtle the subtle observations of a of an eleven year old gay boy watching mm-hmm. HBO in 1983. Mm-hmm. And he does this thing where he kind of he just lays on his back and he he does like where he like shakes he like does this like ah sort of thing mm-hmm. and you all of his all of his kibbles and bit Jimmy a little bit. I see you getting ready. I see you getting <laughs> all these seasons. You think I would know at this point before you do it, before you do it though. And you can cut this part out. Well, I guess like you can't cut this part out because you're still playing the music. Are you playing the song before this one? Or are you playing the song tomorrow night for tomorrow night show? No, we do it before this one. Were we going to talk about it? Do you want to talk about it? I think we should talk about it. Okay. What do you want to say about it? All right. Well, because I, I said before you go to the thing. Well, now I'm keeping this in. No, you can't keep all this in. Oh, my God. You're such a dick. So the song. Yeah. The song that was our, our intro to season 10. Mm-hmm. Kudos, Mr. Batanz. Thank you. Your, your songwriting skills are on point. <laughs> Everyone should know I wrote the song, Hey, Kitty Girl. Well, yeah, yes, you wrote the yeah, you wrote the song. Yes, that's why we were so excited to see it. Yeah, we were like, you know. oh my god, I wrote, it. I just submitted it to RuPaul in the back of a cereal box, and they, they actually chose it <laughs> on the back of a cereal box. Yeah. Are you in 1967? Yeah, and then Ricky Lake played me. <laughs> <coughs> Let's be anyway. honest, Divine played me. Yeah, <laughs> I I loved the song. Mm-hmm. It was definitely out of my comfort zone to do the rap, but mm-hmm. I did it and sent it to you and was not disappointed at all. You sent it to me um, the morning that we're taping this, just that I got to hear it. And I yeah. sent it to my co-host on Pot as my co-pilot. And uh, they both are they both were amazed by it. So thank you very much for working as hard as you did on that. Thank I think, you. I think it's very it's a fun way to start the new season. Thank you. You know what's so funny? Maybe one day I'll play. Maybe I'll play on, on, on a, a rumor mill or something. But I wrote. Uh, yours and Evans right away, and I was sort of struggling with mine. And then right when I sat down to write mine, and I actually, this is, it, I really do not remember, but something really pissed me off. Like right when I sat down to write mine, something really pissed me off, and I wrote a really, really dark, dark <laughs> verse, and I sang it, and I sent it because uh, maybe because he's twenty six or something. I was running up all the lyrics by uh, Patreon co-host Evan Ayers. Uh-huh. I wanted to get his feel for it, you know, as a young gay boy. 
And uh, and you knew not to send the dark lyrics to the therapist. That's true, too, actually. And I go, do you think this is too dark? And he was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> he goes, yeah, that's I, really dark. I'm going to want to hear that. You're going to have to send it to me after we're done taping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll try and find it when we're done taping. Maybe I'll play, you know, form decor. Okay. We'll play an right, informed decor. Good. We'll play an informed decor. Oh, see, you dangling that carrot because I said I didn't know if I wanted to do a formed decor tonight. God damn it. Okay. Yeah. That, that so, but yeah, like super, super dark. It's like, it was like, but then once I got in a better mood and I had some coffee or whatever, then I wrote the one. But I feel badly because I was like, I just wanted to get my verse out, you mm-hmm. know? And, you know, I have this rule. And the rule is if you're going to make fun of other people, then you have to make fun of yourself twice as much. You know, mm-hmm. and so my verse, like I said, was so dark. It said horrible, horrible things about me, and um, and I, I, I. So, but then when I rewrote it, I was just so happy to not have such dark lyrics. Well, I guess I said I was fat and short. You know, yeah, but that's you. That's that's every episode you say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To so, that. but I, I, I did play the song for uh, Sweet Michael today, and he laughed and he said. Did did you write these lyrics? And I said, yeah. And he goes, I could tell because you're really good at being mean to people. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that, that was shady. So, um, all right. Well, every week VH1 releases a sneak peek for each episode. And this week we got the entire set of workroom entrances. On this episode, we're going to focus solely on the workroom entrances of each of the drag queens. If you want to save the surprise of the workroom entrances for the premiere of the new episode, stop listening right now and come back when you've finished watching the episode. That said, the first one into the workroom was... Oh, like a phoenix from the ashes, Eureka is back. I'm Eureka, and I am so, so ah, excited! Oh. I'm so excited to be back for real. I was like, what a die. All right, Taylor the Latte Boy, your thoughts on Eureka? Uh, she's no longer O'Hara on the show. So what are your thoughts on Eureka? I thought she looked I thought she looked great. I loved the whole Phoenix outfit. One thing that I've seen over the year since she was on uh season nine is there definitely and she talks about this, there's a there's a there's been an evolution to her. Where she kind of looked messy when she first came on last year in that pink and blue thing. Mm-hmm. This year she looks more polished. She looks more put together. I know she talks later about not feeling confident, but she she looked more confident. She looked like she felt more. I mean, you would have to be confident kind of to wear that enormous headdress and 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 the shoulder pads and, and all that kind of thing. So I was glad to see her. I know that she was somebody that we weren't necessarily huge fans of in season nine. And mm-hmm. then you and I got to interview her last year. And then I really loved that interview. That's that's one of the my favorite things we've ever done on the show. So I, she definitely has somebody that's rooting for her this year in me. What about you? Uh, yeah, I thought she looked fantastic. I thought she, you know, she's clearly, you know, she has an advantage over anybody who's ever been on Drag Race is she's gotten that first you know, a couple episodes out of the way. So she knows she hasn't, she knows what it's like to be on the show and to come back. You know, it's almost like she's on all stars and, so I, she, but, but playing against people who are new. Yeah. I, it, yeah. I, but I think that her statement that I, you know, I, people think that I'm going to, I'm super confident and I'm super, I know what I got, but I'm actually scared. It's something that she talks about when they're all mm-hmm. standing in front of Rue because that does make her a bigger target because 
they do want to, you would think that on some level they would want to try to get her out of the way because she's already technically had her chance, according to possibly according to the other queens. Yeah, but true. But this isn't like um, All Stars where they actually could get rid of her. This is all Rue makes the decisions. And I actually think her ent- her workroom entrance is the kind of outfit that a person who's been on the show who now is able to use the notoriety from the show to make some coin, if you will, to mm-hmm. go out and buy better outfits. And no, she had a year knowing that she's going to be back on the show. There are times that I've seen pictures of her on Tumblr and stuff where it's like posters for. Oh, it's a funny joke because she hurt her knee tumbling. No, shut up. No, it, it, it's where they're t- where you. And, and when I say this, this isn't going to sound not, it's not a read, but it doesn't even look like her where they where she's got in contacts and her makeup. She sometimes wears makeup that's pretty severe. Mm-hmm. But when she does her makeup really soft, there's one picture that I could think of where she had this like platinum blonde long wig on that was sort of flowing. Mm-hmm. She almost looked like an ice princess and she was beautiful in this thing. And then at the re- bottom of it, it said Eureka O'Hara. I was like, holy shit. She looks great. Well, now we saw she's dropped the O'Hara, and now she's just Eureka. Okay. Well, I, but I mean, I knew her as Eureka O'Hara. Yeah, so. yeah. Now, what you brought up, you brought up that we interviewed her last year, but she's that's the reason why I have a new policy that I will no longer interview. Well, that's not true. I'm going to interview drag queens at DragCon. I'm going to try and interview as few drag queens as possible. Because what happens is when you interview them and you get to know them, then it's harder to say objective things about them like you even just said now you're rooting for her now because you interviewed her well okay but i mean if she had come on and she had been a cunt then that would be something i'm like oh i hope she's the first to go i mean i i i i enjoyed my experience with her Mm -hmm. and that on top of watching her evolve over the last year through photos and through videos and that and experiences that kind of stuff that is helping me to where i'm rooting for her i i I, i'm gonna say this as a spoiler ahead of time not a not a a spoiler spoiler but just a spoiler for me that with the possible exception of like two or three i really like this cast no yeah it's going to be it's going to be very hard for me to not root for the majority of the cast. Yeah, maybe it's as a backlash against... Well, no, last season was pretty uh, RuPaul's best friend race, too. I don't know what the... Maybe everyone's gunning now because they know that there's a life after the show. But I was very encouraged when pulling the clips. You hear a lot of cheering when everyone walks in. Like, a a lot of warmth. There isn't, like... And we'll get to Aquaria. The only really kind of salty one was Aquaria, but she was the last one in. So... Uh, they were all very encouraging of all the other queens and very warm to each other. I would say this cast may be the one, my theory on this is they're all gunning for Miss Congeniality at this stage, at least for the most part. Or, or yeah, or what's now called fan favorite. But I think that at least early on, while everybody's game is what, you know, while everybody's defenses are still up, we're all still in that Miss Congeniality place. Cut to next week. Cut to next week when there's a fist fight between four of them. <laughs> well, look, we'll get to it, but uh, there's, I don't. I think there's a little bit of a rumor of a little bit of a dust up. But you know, uh, is by the way, the show's never officially said that uh, that they're going to call it fan favorite. They've never said that. That's just, no, I know. Yeah. Okay, all right. Next into the workroom, Asia O'Hara. Well, guys, Texas is back in the house. My name is Asia O'Hara, and I am the superstar of Dallas, Texas. 
I'm known for doing pageants, but I'm also a versatile performer. Every queen should be able to pull a couple different tricks out of the bag. All right, Taylor Vellante, boy, your thoughts on Asia O'Hara? Um, I I I think Asia is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. She's she's very very pretty. Asia is the first of many queens tonight that I feel on appearance alone, especially from this and also the Meet the Queens uh, video that they released a couple weeks ago, that I feel like we are seeing the um, copy of a previous queen. And Asia, when they've interviewed Asia and watching Asia walk in, my first thought is Peppermint. She looks like Peppermint. I, I don't I don't know if I necessarily agree with you. I, I, I hesitate on drawing other comparisons. I see what you're saying. Like for instance, again, we're good, Aquarius is the last one in, so we'll talk about her last. But I felt like Aquaria sounded nearly even even though she's Sharon Needle's drag daughter, she sounds a lot like Willem. See, okay, it's funny. Well, no, never mind. Forget I said that. Okay, okay. <laughs> so I see what you're saying here, but I didn't I think I'm. I don't know if I'm actively trying to draw comparison. I'm mean, to, to not draw comparisons, or I just did. That's the only real experience I had on that show of of drawing a comparison to anybody else. As we, as we talk about these queens, I definitely when when Babalu and I watched this last night, I was saying under my breath, as certain ones came out, well, that's the this one, and that's the this one again. In appearance alone. You know, and that, but hopefully that doesn't skew when certain queens act certain ways where I think, well, that's not the way you're supposed to act because you're Mm -hmm. not, that's not the way Peppermint would have acted or that's not the way, whatever. Mm -hmm. So, but I, I, I liked her. I got a good feeling from her. And I also like the fact that this also, one thing that I seem to like about a lot of them is they all seem really smart. They all seem like people that have not only studied the game, but also recognize the need for versatility, even though we definitely have some, you know, Broadway, Broadway babies, as they were saying, or we have some pageant queens, we have some comedy queens. I love the fact that there is more than one big girl. Mm-hmm. It's not just Eureka. Mm-hmm. It's um, ca- carb, calorie, calorie, we'll carb, calorie, later. You know, but but I, I like the group feels very mixed up. It doesn't feel like it's one set versus another set so far. Yeah. Asia O'Hara, yes, you walked in, you could tell when they said that she's like really famous and she's well known in the drag circuit and the pageant circuit. I was like, you can tell she's very polished. Polished, yes. She's that's a good word to describe her. Very, very polished. She looked fantastic. Uh, it was, she looked great. She, she's going to be a force to be reckoned with for sure. Yeah. All right. Next into the workroom. Okay. It's time for dinner. I'm Miss Cracker. I'm thin. I'm white and I'm very salty. And that's what makes me a cracker. As a performer, I'm wild. Barbie on bath salts. Come for the face. Stay for the crazy. Taylor Vellante boy, Miss Cracker, your thoughts. Miss Cracker feels like the big personality of the season mm-hmm. so far. She looks like the one that, but not big personality like, I'm trying to think of somebody that was big personality that was annoying. Um, Joey Boohecker? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't think of somebody off the top of my head, but uh, well, like kind of like Adore Delano in the beginning. Laganja, Laganja Strange, somebody that's the big personality that's very, look at me, look at me, look at me. Mm-hmm. Um 
I so but I again she's somebody that I really like. I thought she looked great. She had the big ball hair or yeah. something. Was that a grapefruit so. in her hair? Yeah. That's what Asia yeah. said. Uh you know what's funny is I had a very positive reaction to Ms. Cracker. And the reason I think it's funny is she's the kind of person that I would generally not have a positive reaction to. Like that dumb entrance with the I don't think it's dumb, actually it worked with the it's time for dinner. But like someone who usually comes in and does something like that, I generally have an adverse reaction to. And I mm-hmm. didn't have that with her. Uh, I liked her from the get-go. There was something, and maybe she's a little self-effacing, but she's funny, and she's... And I'm going to say something very controversial here. I am... Look, I, don't, I, I, I give Trixie all the respect that's due, Trixie Mattel. But I feel Ms. Cracker accomplishes a lot of what Trixie Mattel wants to be. I think okay. I, I feel like Ms. Cracker nails it. Not that Trixie isn't successful in her own right, but let me rephrase. When I saw Trixie was going to be on the show, I had feelings of how I thought Trixie would be or should be, and she wasn't, mm-hmm. and she sort of let me down on season seven. But Ms. Cracker, so far from what I've seen, has lived up to what I felt Trixie Mattel should have been or could have been on season seven. Okay. Does that make sense? She's doing it yeah. for me. She delivers it for me. So I'm a big fan of Ms. Cracker. Anything else on Ms. Cracker, Taylor? No. All right. Let's go to the next queen. Yuha Hamasaki. Can you feel the shade? What the? I'm Yuha Hamasaki. I'm blonde. I'm vicious. And I'm fierce. My drag style is glamorous. Big lashes, makeup done, and I have all my teeth. That was funny. I have all my teeth. Taylor, your thoughts on Yuha? Wait, Yuha Hamasaki. Yuha? Yuha. 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 Okay. Okay. No, Yuha. Yuha? (laughs) Racist jokes with the recap, guys. Um, Again, somebody that I liked. Uh, I liked the, the, the she's very quick on her feet when somebody when she said she's Chinese and I think it's Ms. Cracker said that's Japanese yeah. and she goes you're not a real woman <laughs> yeah. I mean like that she was able to think of that pretty quickly um, uh, she she was somebody again was, uh, she's she's a queen of color mm-hmm. which I like um, the only Asian queen I think uh, this season I I liked her I liked her I I don't know how far she's gonna go yeah that's a good question like I, how far kind let me let, let you know what we haven't done this how far I, I unfortunately i can't play this game this season because i know too much i, I host a show called the rumor mill mm-hmm. but i would love to know get your thoughts on how far you think these girls are gonna go by the way speaking of things like that yeah. somebody mm-hmm. one of our listeners posted on our facebook page a picture of a spreadsheet oh yeah that kind of showed where everybody did. have you taken that down Oh no! I guess we should, huh? Could you please? Because I started to see it and was like, ah, and then like, and then like, that that like kind erase of from my memory. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, and unfortunately, I think I know who's all the way at the top. So I think I know who wins, but I'm well. We don't uh, know who wins. Sure. Okay. Oh, we do. okay. Because because you said something like this isn't completely right. This isn't accurate from what you. Well, heard. there's some controversy about one of the the queens at the top. Okay. All right. So all right. So going back from the beginning, Eureka. I think you're re- so. Let's do top half, bottom half. 
Okay. Or I'm good. That's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to try to say, I think she's going to go home ninth. Mm-hmm. I think Eureka is going to go bottom half, but close to the middle. All right. Okay. Uh, who is the next one to come in? Asia was... O'Hara. Asia O'Hara. I think Asia O'Hara is going to be top half. Okay. All right. Who is the next one to come in? It was Ms. Cracker. Ms. Cracker. I think Ms. Cracker is going to go top half, but close to the middle. All right. And um, Yuhua. Is, Yuhua. I have a feeling Yuhua is going to be bottom half. Okay. Well. Okay. So should I be keeping track then? Of Do you want to keep track? Well, because eventually it's going to be, you know, there's, you know, nine of them are in the top half and only that's not going to make sense. Yeah. Maybe we should wait till the end. Okay. All right. All right. So let me, let me write down real fast while you're, while you're playing the next queen coming in, I will write down. Who I said for top half and bottom half. Yeah, so I'll just give my thoughts on Yuhua really fast. I thought she was really funny. I think uh, she had a lot of personality, seemed, but in a friendly way. I loved her look. I liked everything about her. I was buying the whole package. Uh, I'm a fan. Let's go to the next queen. I'm Blair Sinclair. Just got here this morning. My name is Blair St. Clair, and I am the Broadway diva extraordinaire. Blair is a small-tongue girl. Just got off the bus looking for fame any way she can. All right. Now, Taylor, I see you're still writing. So what I'll say is this. I bet there are a lot of people who saw this Blair St. Clair, and they were thinking... <laughs> I already know where you're going. They're like, Joe Batanz right now <laughs> has taken we- the bacon fat out of his refrigerator. He's lit some candles, played, put some Peebo Bryson... On uh, the CD player, and he's getting comfortable, right? I'm going to tell yeah. you right now, this is not a knock against Blair St. Clair. doesn't do it for me. Really? Oh, because, because when she first came on as a boy, uh-huh. Babalu and I both went, oh, Joe. I mean, we both said it knowing that it was just, you could just hear the the wet bottle just going in your hand, just no, going to town. There is a queen that does it for me, but it's not Blair St. There are two queens that I find very attractive. One will probably be pretty obvious, and it's not Blair St. Clair, and the other one will not be so obvious. Okay. I will say, okay. Blair St. Clair, I love the aesthetic. Mm -hmm. I love what she's going for. I love it's very Mary Tyler Moore when she came running in. Mm -hmm. And I'm all about, we've talked about how I love the Mary Tyler Moore show. She looks like she's 13 Mm -hmm. as a boy. Mm -hmm. Um, She kind of gave me... Well, she's Broadway baby, mm-hmm. but she kind of gave me somebody that is very young, but has tons of knowledge mm-hmm. and, and, and it, it, she, very much not in looks, but Violet Tchotchke, where she, she, oh, she could, she could throw out any fashion designer from the seventies or any who wrote what book for what Broadway play mm-hmm. and who won the Tony for best supporting actress in 1983. Like she's one of those that could just rattle that stuff off. Mm-hmm. Um, she's again, Evan somebody, Ayers, but for the show. Yeah. Well, no, but she knows stuff about Broadway. Yeah. So she is somebody, she is somebody else that I really like for the season. And um, I, I think, I think she's great. I think she's great. It's, it's just so weird when they show her as a boy because she looks 13. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't do it for me. Not, not literally, not a single thing is done for me with Blair St. Clair mm-hmm. as a boy. I do like her aesthetic as a girl though. You're right. Mm-hmm. I do like her aesthetic as a girl from what I've seen so far. 
uh, I really like. Now, you know that uh, Patreon co-host Evan Ayers and his boyfriend were out one night in Washington, D.C. and ran into Blair Sinclair. Uh, She was performing somewhere. And according to Evan Ayers, she was into him and Dan and was like talking to them and obsessed with them. I feel drag queens are just like almost like strippers and just do that. Yeah. But have we told my stripper story on here? Oh, no, but uh, uh, please don't don't let that stop you. I'm, 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 I'm very curious to actually hear this. This the color Joe intrigued. Yeah. Um, call, call, yeah. He, Co- years and this is going back 20 years ago <laughs> i didn't say i'm a stripper in this story i just so there used to be a bar in tampa called angels and they had stripper it was it was a gay bar named angels and they had strippers and there was a bunch of us from work that used to go and they would just get down to a g-string they didn't do they didn't go fully nude or anything but it was something where we would go there we would watch a couple strippers. I worked with a couple of guys that were slightly older than me. They would do the creepy thing where they would shove dollar bills in their, you know, junk and have conversations and that kind of, and, and then just kind of take off. So there was this one guy one night that was beautiful. He was totally gorgeous. I was totally a smitten kitten at this when this guy's dancing. He was probably dancing to like Pony by Genuine. So that kind of that kind of plays the scene out. <laughs> As to what's going on at this point. I just made Joe laugh. So that's a, my, my day is done because I got Joe to laugh. So eventually he wanders over to our table and we're all having this conversation. And he's just had he's like totally like locked eyes with me. And he's having this conversation about what he wants to do. And da, 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 and he finds out I'm a social worker. And he's, you know, I want to go back to school and I want to do this and blah, 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 sort of thing. Fine. So cut to two weeks later. I go back to Angels with my coworkers, mm-hmm. and of course I'm, you know, at this point now, short of showing up in the tuxedo with the bag of with the thing of roses and the top hat, you know, where I'm just thinking like, where, I, yeah. where's Pedro? Where's yeah. Pedro? What's going on? Where's Pedro? You know, sort of thing. So, genuine pony plays again or whatever the song is that he's playing at this uh-huh. point, and he comes out and he dances and everybody all like you know does their thing and everything. And he comes over, and he sits up next to me, and he starts talking to me, and has he has the exact same speech that he had two weeks before. And the guys that I'm working with are both sitting there looking at each other, and they put their heads down because I am crushed at this point. Because yeah. I figured I was still cute. I was like 28. He was probably like 23. In my stupid head... Mm-hmm. Because I was so fucking lonely, I thought this stripper is going to fall in love with me, and I'm going to be the one. It's going to be Richard Gere and Julia Roberts all over again, and mm-hmm. I'm just going to be da 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 da. No, no, it was. We ended up at the IHOP that night, me and my coworkers, and I probably drowned my sorrows in maple syrup. You know what's so funny that you? I've I've had a similar experience in the past couple of days. I mean, I'm older now, so I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, for Patreon, I interviewed the. Uh, Remember, remember all the way back in All Star season three, they did that music video, uh, like months ago. Yeah. Oh yeah, all the way there. Yeah. See, I, I barely remember All Star season three, but the one thing I do remember was that there was this one dancer who, like, I fucked the camera. I didn't fuck the camera. He was I fucking the camera. Right. <laughs> yeah. When you said that like that for a second, I took a pause. Like, oh, yeah. wow, you really were smitten. <laughs> yeah. And his name's Jake Dupree, right? I'll even say, everyone, go follow him on Instagram at Jake Dupree. And uh, he agreed. We have some mutual friends. And he agreed to do an interview for the show. It's on Patreon. You can go listen to it, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, and if you haven't listened to the interview, Taylor, I'm being serious. It is, it, believe, for, if, you're, if you're out there 
and you're thinking, what the fuck would this guy have to say? I'm going to tell you something. This is actually part of the story. I thought it was going to... I'm only about three minutes into it, but I have started listening to it. I'm going to tell you something. I thought I was going to make a 15-minute, 20-minute interview that I'd tack on to Rulaska Thoughts. Yeah. Taylor, we talked for over an hour on the interview. I saw that. It's like 72 minutes. And we talked for three and a half hours total. Like another mm-hmm. two and a half hours off the air. Now, look, this guy, don't get me wrong. I realize that I look like a job of the hut candle that's half melted and they haven't been thrown away yet. Okay. There it is. There we go. But. Okay. <laughs> so I, not that I ever had a shot with him. I, was, I wasn't trying to get a shot. I just want to make that clear. I realize everything. Okay. He's 30 and hot and was like the grand marshal of the West Hollywood parade. I, I wasn't even trying. I was like, it's one of the things we don't even try. You know? Yeah. But um, in the phone call, he was like, oh, my God, would you ever have me back on again? I loved being on the show. I just was like, I love this. Anytime I have a chance to talk about Drag Race, I would love to talk about it. And even off the air, he was saying this. He was like, can we please hang out sometime? You're, like, fucking cool. And I was like, oh, wow. I'm like, Again, not in a romantic way. I was just like, this guy that I think is funny and cool is actually thinks I'm funny and cool, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'd love to hang out with him and his fancy gay friends, right? Mm-hmm. The next day, I text him about, like, hey, thank you. And I essentially got a, that kind of response. Where I referenced something, and he, he wrote, like, question mark? And then I, like, overly explained what I meant, the joke I made. And then I've, I've literally heard nothing since. Like uh, no, by the way, I it it doesn't affect me at all. I ne- I never have to see Jake Dupree ever again, you know, in my life. But I just think it's, I know what you mean. Where you're like, oh, this is a uh, this is the beginning of a new friendship or something. And then the next day, he's all like, what? No, like yeah. that was essentially the one night stand of uh, of uh, friendships. We had like the one three and a half hour conversation. We're done here. I almost wish you hadn't told me that till after I listened to the episode. Because now, now I'm going to listen to it. I'm just going to make a face. No, no, he's I'm super gonna... nice. I don't think he means anything by it. I just think that that's just the way it is. You know, I, okay, I'll tell you another story. I have a friend who uh, works in show business. I'll say that. And he worked mm-hmm. with Brad Pitt on a movie. Okay. Okay. And he and Brad Pitt hung out a lot during the movie. He was only on the movie for like a week or two. Okay. Mm-hmm. My friend. So at the end, he thinks that they're going to be like a, like an exchange of numbers and like, okay, well, you know, it's nice. We should hang out now, you know? And Brad Pitt was like, no, that was later, you know? So like, mm-hmm. uh, it's one of the similar experiences that like the, the friendship lasted as long as you were working together. And I think that's common in show business. It's just sometimes you get tricked by it. Yeah. Well, Anyway. But we still have each other. We still have each other. Sha-la-la-la. We've got, we've got tonight. Who needs tomorrow? Oh, don't mind me. I'm just here to sweep up the competition, girl. I am on exchange, and you better get your currency in check, bitch. Oh, my <laughs> God. What the f***? <laughs> you shady I can't believe it. Oh, my God. You Monet is a very fun, effervescent personality, charming. Any, any single men out there are very charming. All right, your thoughts on Monet Exchange, Chate of the Latte Boy. Okay, going back to my 
thinking putting putting them in the cookie cutter of other character Bob. I immediately got Bob. Well, he actually She's, vocally sounds like Bob. He vocally, she vocally sounds like Bob, and she also kind of she's 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 a healthy girl, mm-hmm. so she's definitely she looks like she's very tall and mm-hmm. and and strapping. Um, I like her. I I definitely like her. I I kind of am trying to remember the video. I'm looking at the picture, the cast photo that is on our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Um, so and she has the one with the blue lips and the blue wig and the real tight, which I thought was a really hot look. So, by the way, it's facebook.com slash drag race recap. If anybody wants to check us out. Um, so but again, she's somebody else that I liked. I I just I just I got Bob. I liked her a lot. Uh, again, when she walked out, very similar to my experience with Crack or something. I usually don't like a gimmicky entrance like that. She came with a fucking broom, and she like I'm like, yeah. oh god. But I liked it. It worked. Yeah, it worked for me. I didn't hate it. I did not hate it. I liked her. Um, but you know, not to make any predictions or anything like that. But like, I don't see anything special about her. But I don't see anything horrible about her. And based on that alone, there's no tea here. She seems very middle of the pack. Not a not a filler queen, but I don't see unless she so there's some charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent that comes out in spades during this season. Uh, I just see it seemed very middle of the pack to me. Okay, alrighty, all right. Next into the workroom. Well, I auditioned for Pit Crew, but this is going to be way more fun. I'm Cameron Michaels, and I'm the Muscle Queen from Nashville, Tennessee. Outside of drag, I am a tatted muscle dude at the gym, and then I tuck it back, throw on some pads, and walk out looking fishy as I'm a little bit of grunge and a little bit of glamour. All right, Cameron Michaels, Tale of the Latte Boy. Cameron fascinates me. Yeah, tell me about it. No, I'm sure. I'm sure. I I get because I love this. This feels like this feels like the gender fuck. Obviously, if we're like this big muscle dude, but then we also, as you know, look all pretty and, and try to look fishy and everything. I'm not necessarily a huge fan of her makeup style. Um, but the thing that bugs me, and there's another queen coming up <clears throat> later about this, is I don't get the whole huge chest plate tattoo. Like where she has a beetle and then she also has the tattoos going up her neck and stuff like that. That is distracting to me as a viewer. That, and that just may be because I'm an old man, but that is something that when I see that, no matter what she does, I'm focused on the 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 the, the tats mm-hmm. sort of thing. You know, I mean, something that we'll talk about at some point, I'm sure, is Katya's new podcast, Katya's new podcast. And she posted a picture of um, herself recently having gone through rehab and all that kind of stuff. And Katya's got tattoos now. And my first response when I saw her was, oh... Like it was like there was like disappointing to me because it feels like it's so rare that we have queens anymore that aren't all tatted up. Mm-hmm. So and she's got them where she's got them go up and down her arms and everything now. And it just was I, I th- that's just that's an unfortunate distraction for me. Mm-hmm. Do I not like her because of it? No, I just she's going to have to work a little bit harder for me to not pay attention to that. Uh, I want to see more. Everyone talking about how hot she is as a boy. I'm not saying she's not. I need to see more. I think before I make that my final Joe decision on this, but also look, I, I think I've grown up with the show. And if you would have asked me season six or season five or four, uh-huh. I would have told you fishiness was the ideal. And that was something to strive for. 
now that's not necessarily important to me. I don't if you're fishy and that's what you are and 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 that's great. But I don't think to be America's next drag superstar you need to be fishy and I don't think that's something I I'm not opposed to people who aren't fishy. Okay? Okay. So I, I her aesthetic is fine. I thought it was interesting. We've never we, you hardly ever see rocker girls. Adore is one of them, but yeah, that on the show. But this bitch is not fishy. And I'm not saying that as an insult. I'm just saying that I'm just calling it as it is. You know? It would be like if a black girl came in and said, like, I'm super pale. And you're like, mm, no, you're not. You know? So yeah. that is like she said she was like really fishy as fuck. I'm all like, mm. Your drag is fine, but like you're not fishy. Like, see, someone even said yeah. that's a Maury. That's a man. Yeah, you know. Well, I mean, when you come in with, I mean, she had those guns that were just, you know, with the shoulders that look like softballs and everything. That can be again. It's it's there's a distraction to it, but also if it's something where she's playing with gender, yeah. I I get that, and I appreciate that she's doing something slightly different or doing something different from the usual fishiness. And I'm fine with that, but then don't come in and say, I'm fishy as fuck. Well, but... Would Milk say he's do? fishy as fuck? No, Milk would walk in and say, Zaddy's home. Zaddy's home. All right, well, then, okay, so yes, anyway, so the point is, uh, Karen Michaels... Seems fine. Seems great. I have no problem with her. She looks fantastic. I just don't think she's fishy. Next into the workroom. Guess who finally decided to crash the party? Is that Mayhem? That's Miss Mayhem Miller, girl. I'm Mayhem Miller, and I'm the queen of the party. My drag family has all the best girls that used to be on RuPaul's Drag Race. Morgan McMichaels, Delta Work, Detox, and I'm the best one out of all of them. All right, Taylor Latte Boy, your thoughts on Mayhem Miller. Kennedy Davenport. She looks like Kennedy Davenport. I don't like these comparisons. I can't help it. That's the first thing between this and watching the the Meet the Queens video. That's the first thing that went through my head. Mm -hmm. She... I didn't hate her. Sure. It's a good endorsement. If we're starting off talking about all of the Queens... You know, a lot of them have attachments to other queens, you know, as far as drag mother and daughter, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I I don't want that to become a where that's the focus of, well, I'm from that that Los Angeles group. And I I, that's that to me is a little. But I've heard I mean, I've heard people talk about Mayhem Miller before. So, I mean, but she's clearly feeling some type of way because she mentions a couple of times the word party. And as for if, if for those that don't know, Adore Delano is open about this. Adore Delano got the phrase "party" from mm-hmm. Mayhem Miller, and gives her okay. and gives her full credit. And so, but you could tell, but you tell Mayhem was like, "That bitch stole my fucking that's my whole thing," and she stole it because she said like, "I'm late to the party," and and then she brings a party again, and you're like, "Ah, oh, this is gonna be the thing where she, you know, there's gonna be a mirror moment where she talks about how like she actually invented the word party." Yeah, you know. And I don't care because Dork gave me credit, but you know, blah 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 blah. So, um, I think she looked great. You're right. Uh, I could see her getting lost in the pack. It, she didn't have that sort of like personality that sparkled on on TV. Yeah. You know, yeah. which I think is important for this competition. But uh, she seemed fine. She seemed competent. The other girls were seem to be impressed by her. So, all right, let's move on to the next drag queen. 
Hope you're ready for your all-carb, high-calorie diet. I'm Calorie Kardashian Williams, and I am sass, class, and a whole lot of ass. <laughs> Calorie is pretty much the twerk queen. She can shake her ass, like, full-on, like, booty-shaking. Calorie Kardashian Williams, Taylor the Latte Boy, your thoughts? Two things. Uh, uh, one. Mm-hmm. What? Nothing? Did you just say, oh, no, under your breath? Oh, no, here we go. No. No, these aren't bad things. Jiggly Caliente. No, no. Oh, God, that, yes. Jiggly, I didn't even think oh, of that. I was making a joke. So, no, not Jiggly Caliente. I'm just kidding. Um, I like something that something that is an overarching theme is it doesn't feel like it's just New York, Chicago, and L.A. Queens. Mm-hmm. Blair said she's from Indianapolis and Calorie. Uh, Calorie said that she's from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh-huh. Uh, I know that one, another queen is coming up is from Tampa. Mm-hmm. You know, I like that they're kind of from all over. Mm-hmm. So it gives so help that'll help us to see a little bit more different aspects of drag. That's the first thing. Number two, Babalu was all about Calorie as a boy. Oh, you're kidding? No, he was kind of like, oh, he's cute. Uh, oh, really? I kind of was like, all right. So you like the chubby geeky ones, and then I looked at myself in the mirror and I cried a little. But but then he loves you. No, I know. I'm just teasing. Yeah. Um, but no, he's I I I liked Calorie. I liked that she seemed to be super. She she seemed fun. Um, she made the she made a couple of jokes. It's like you know, tell me about the drag scene in Albuquerque, and she's like, what drag scene? Yeah. Um, you know, willing to be self-effacing. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, that doesn't become. Her mo of where she only talks about herself in the negative, or talks about Albuquerque. You know, she's she's able to kind of be effervescent, effervescent. Um, I, I'm very curious to see how big she is as a boy. I failed to believe that's how big she is. So she must use a lot of padding, I imagine, because that was a huge behind and whatnot. Yeah, well, I feel like they they showed a picture of her. Or I've seen a picture of her where she is kind of a big girl. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the thing, though, is she seemed really nice. I don't know how much I, I don't know how much I was into her aesthetic so much. I like I mean, I, I think I think she looks like every one of my cousins. Okay. So I think that's why I was like, oh, you know, that's my cousin. Like, okay, so I can't say Kennedy Davenport, but you can say your cousin. My cousin's never been on the show. That we know of. Yeah, that'd be kind of great if, if she had been. All right, next into the workroom. Cat, kitty, cat, 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 cat. Cat, kitty, cat, cat, cow. Bringing you the heart of season 10, honey. Monique Hart, the face. My name is Monique Hart. She's the razzle-dazzle queen. A little sprinkle over here, a little glitter over there, honey. Yeah! She's going to give you the ooh-ah-ah. Sensation, honey. Taylor the Latte Boy, your thoughts on Monique Hart? Shea Coulee. <laughs> oh, really? I wouldn't call her Shea Coulee. I got Shea Coulee from her. That that's I, I got Shea Coulee from her look. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and 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 the you know, kikita cat cat whatever the you know, ricky tiki tavi tavi was very. I came to slay. I'm not here to play. I came to slay. Mm-hmm. I kind of got that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, I'm pussy, yeah. bitch. Bitch. So, 
But again, I liked her. I didn't love her. I liked her. I'm with you. Seemed very middle of the road to me. Yes. I have no problem with her, but I'm just like, meh. I'll be with you for a while. I'll be surprised if you're here at the Snatch Game. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, no. I don't think she'll make it to the famous last words. The winner of season 10. <laughs> I think I think she makes it to Snatch Game, I'll say. And that is not, this is not coming from any tea. I'm not, I'm not trying. I know I have a show called The Rumor Mill, and you're like, oh, Joe knows the elimination order, blah, 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 blah. I'm still saying, just um, from what I see, she seemed like someone who would make it past, but, like, she's the first person to go home after Snatch Game in my head. Does that make sense? Like, they have yeah. Snatch Game, and then she's the first one gone. I would not be surprised if she went home before Snatch Game, but at this stage, if she makes it to Snatch Game, okay, that's... Yeah. All right, here we go. Next person in the workroom. Never loved ya. My name is Dusty Ray Bottoms. I'm from the best city on earth, New York City. Dusty Ray Bottoms is dark, glamorous, and trashy. She's also dyslexic. All right, Taylor the Latte Boy, your thoughts on DRB, Dusty Ray Bottoms? Acid Betty. <laughs> okay. Um, I didn't think I was going to like her as much as I did in the Meet the Queens video. All right. I, she seems like she has a good pedigree. Um, I, 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 I want more. Mm-hmm. I want to know more. I think that I'm going to need something different. I know that the eyebrow, the dots on the eyebrow, that's her thing and, and, and all that. But I, I'm going to want to see more to, to fall in love with her. Mm-hmm. What about you? <laughs> So before I watched it, I, I talked to Patreon co-host Evan Ayers. He was like all about Dusty Ray Bottoms. Loved her as a boy. And she has that haircut that's known now as Meet Me at McDonald's. Have you heard about this haircut? No. It's called Meet Me at McDonald's. Which is so funny because I, I had to find the picture. There's a picture of me from college where I had that haircut and everyone made fun of me. And now it's like the hot, cool, young haircut. You know? Mm-hmm. Where it's like you're basically the sides of your head are shaved. You just have like a bunch of poofy, curly hair on top. You know, okay, and he has that. I don't. What's funny is I had it in college. And everyone made fun of me. And I thought I, I thought I like cool. I look cool. I do not like it now. Maybe now, maybe that's my old college wounds. So I've learned to yeah. hate it because of that. But I just do not like it, and uh, I do not think he's that cute. Um, he seemed fine. I actually see the acid. It's just like if Tempest du Jour and Acid Betty had a kid. And tended the drag okay, race. Okay, I could see that. I could see. T- I could see a little tempest du jour in there. Yeah, and um, Ow. are you okay? Yes, I just hit my wrist against my desk. It's fine. Oh, you'll be hitting your wrist against the desk a lot over the next <laughs> ten days or so. <coughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Masturbation. Anyway, no, I. <laughs> does, speaking of Dusty Ray Bottoms, it, does he do it for you as a boy, Taylor? He was kind of cute. I'm. I, he sort of looks like a ginger. Oh, I love gingers, though. That I know you like gingers. Which, which when I saw him, I thought that's going to be one that Joe thinks is cute. No, he didn't really do but it for me. I don't. Um, I didn't. I need to see more of Dusty Ray Bottoms. Yeah, so we're both kind of on the same page there. Yeah. All right. All right. Next in the workroom. I'm just here to fight. The Vixen is magical, exciting, and unpredictable. When I'm on stage, I'm giving you earth, wind, and fire. 
I definitely am very influential in the Chicago drag scene. I am very vocal, and sometimes that rubs people the wrong way, but I keep it real. Okay, Levante boy. The first one I do not like <gasps> at all. This is the other one that I think is so hot as a boy. Oh God, really? Oh, I think he's okay. So first of all, cute as a boy. Again, again, looking at all of their pictures, Sahara Davenport, but. I just, the, the whole uh got no j- just the I am better than you vibe that I'm getting off of this person mm-hmm. is just gross. There's just something gross about the vixen at this stage mm-hmm. that I cut to three weeks from now. I'm like, oh my god, I'm team vixen. Mm-hmm. But I I do not I did not like the, the this is up there she is up there for me as possible season villain oh really the way that she is walking into this yeah did you know anything about her because you know she had a, a messy interview recently with feast of fun where uh i heard you talking about i am caught up on all the rumor mills for the last season that we did 17 years ago and it i did hear you say that she had a messy interview with them but i don't really know anything about it okay uh, that's all I know as well. I, I think she's. I think she's had a, a little bit. I think she's been up in her feelings a little bit since uh, the end of the show uh, online. I think she's. I think, and if anything, she's been very Nina Bonina Brown. I think a little bit uh, with okay. the social media. But uh, I think she's so cute as a boy. Ugh, I was mm-hmm. smitten with her as a drag queen. This is the one I probably would have said Shea Coulee with that aesthetic. First of all, they're both from Chicago. Two. There was a similar sort of like, um, like uh, amalgamation of things on her outfit that just didn't, you know, they didn't go together. It was, oh, she had the stupid Chicago. Yeah. Oh, maybe she's the one that I thought was Shea, uh, Shea Coulee. Mm-hmm. We all know the racist and think they all look alike. Well, that's I, that's what as I'm saying that I'm like, oh god, am I mixing up the black queens? That's horrible. Yeah. Everyone oh, should know, sorry. for the longest time, Taylor just called me Poncho. Because he thought I was the guy who cleaned his uh, apartment once a week. By the way, my lawn desperately needs some maintenance. When are you going to get over here? <laughs> you see, guys? This is what I have to put up with on this show. Next into the workroom. Ten, ten, tens across the board. <laughs> ah! I'm Vanessa Vangie Mateo. Get these cookies, baby. Vanessa's known for thotting and bopping like a hooker on Rodeo Drive. So she's kind of ghetto, but still, you know, eloquent. Eloquent, uh, Taylor. Your thoughts on Vanessa Vanjie Mateo? Asha. Um, But uh, she's okay. I I don't know. I'm not a huge Banjie girl. Hey oh, no, that's there, not true because I like Banji girl. Banji girl. Banji uh, girl. You're on my world. Um I, I she's from Tampa, so she's a local girl for me. Uh but that the, you would think I'd be rooting for her a little bit more than I am. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And she has another one of those stupid neck things that's like right up under her right right on her chest, right below her neck mm-hmm. that is going to be distracting for me, depending on what she's wearing. I also just can't stand the way she talks. Like, it's just going to bother me. It's just going to have seniors in me. Like, would you dance, dance, dance across the board to book a bitch with a Loch Ness monster? 
Yeah, she's she's we're trying a little too hard. We're 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 Madonna trying to be British. Only we're a Tampa Queen trying to be Banji. So I I I she's not somebody I'm I don't know. I mean I know Alexis about. Mateo uh did very well on the show, you know, she did well on all on all stars too as well, you know. But uh it's one of these things that like first of all, is she gonna be doing um like this all day? BAM! Well, she did drop it in. Didn't she drop in a... Bam! During the episode, or did someone else do it? Uh, I don't remember. But that speaks that speaks to when I saw her. I wasn't like, ooh, who is this? Only an American, a woman like me, have a freaking chorizo! <laughs> Say hi to Manila. Oh, do you want to? Sure. Hi, Manila. <laughs> I just saw Manila, girl. We also have... Act the fool, girl. Act the fool. I've never heard that one, mm-hmm. which is surprising because I'm surprised you haven't played that at me at some point. Yeah. Um. Yeah. She's 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 okay. She's all right. I'm I'm I'm, I'm curious to hear how you, how you, all these go. Now here's the one I feel we're gonna be talking about this bitch a lot. Bonjour. My name is Aquaria, and I am a superstar. Aquaria is the name on everyone's lips in New York City. I can tell that every girl in the room knows exactly who this bitch is. Oh my gosh! And, uh, they should. Taylor? Looks-wise? Yeah. I get Pearl. Attitude-wise, I get Milk. I did not like her at all. I didn't like her in the Meet the Queens video. In fact, she's the first one on the Meet the Queens video that we got through iTunes. And watching that, my first thought was, oh, God, if they're all like this, I'm going to hate this season. She's also the one that said the opening line, which is... I don't define drag. Drag is defined by me. Fuck off. That's that's the first thing when she said that. I'm like, you're like 12. You, You don't... No, no. Well, also the statement makes no sense. Listen, listen to it. Listen to it. I don't define drag. I don't define drag. Okay. Drag is defined by me. That's the same fucking thing. I think she meant to say drag doesn't define me. I define drag. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then, so then we're an idiot too. Yeah. Because you and I never get sentences or sentence syntax or grammar mixed up at all on here. Well, no, but she clearly thought that one out. That's like a line she showed up with. Yeah, well. <laughs> okay, so, so go ahead. You don't like her? I, I, I'm not impressed. I have heard rumblings, I think, through you that she is going to be mehazy mm-hmm. for however long she's on the show. Mm-hmm. And I could see her being somebody that i really dislike i hope i'm wrong yeah i don't think i am but you know you never get a first chance to never get a second chance to make a first impression mm-hmm. and my first impression of her was not you're not as cute as you think you are what do you think well I'm, i've never heard and i've never heard anyone quote a head and shoulders commercial before uh on a show one two uh look as a boy she can fucking get it so yes, as like she is like Pearl. Well, she I, I immediately as a boy, Valentina. 
right she's, down to the turtleneck and the and the uh, sharpie uh, um, eyebrows. She's definitely hearkening back to some Valentina, but I think Valentina tried to be nice. You could tell she was a not a nice person pretending to be nice. Uh, Aquarius just letting it all hang out, and uh, I don't know. I do not find her likable at all. I I yeah. I do. I, she seems like a. I've actually been thinking about this guy. I know a lot of the young kids really like her and they like her aesthetic, but I also think, and I, I think there's a sort of rebellion to her. That's why a lot of young kids will attach themselves to her because she's very young mm-hmm. and they'll see it as like, yeah, she's sticking up to these grownups who think they know better. So I think a lot of adolescents have that, like, you know, like, like we know better. We know, we're, we're young, you know, and we know better and, and we're going to show you, you know? Okay. But the problem with that, and that's something that every generation has done yeah. where we say, yeah, we know better than the adults. Mm-hmm. A lot of times the adults know, do know better. And we just we just want to just stick it to the man because you know they're telling us that we can't do what we want to do. I I think that uh, there's good and bad to both. Like you know, not to get controversial here, but if you take the Parkland uh, high school kids, you know, there is an element of that whole phenomenon. I'm not taking sides on this issue, even though I have, I have a pretty safe bet that a lot of our listeners are pro gun control. But maybe not. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not. I'm not taking a stand on this issue. What I am saying, though, is that there is something inspiring. That there is something about the belief of the youth that they can make a change, and that's actually what drives change. And young people can do that because they have the energy, and they still believe that that can happen. And I'm not saying that it can't happen. I'm just saying because. It happens because they manifest it because of that energy. Oh, no, I I agree with that. I I think there are positive. And as I was saying that, that went through my head, too. The the kids that are all that are working on that. But it's for some of the other stuff. No, no, you're right. But there's wisdom that comes. We need them. They need to go hand in hand. The the, the old people need the the energy and the young people need the wisdom. Because what happens is like, let's say the parkland people get. Okay, they have Coney 2012 is a good example of this, right? Where you'd Coney, remember Coney 2012, Taylor, when those yes. young people decide they were gonna they were gonna do this social media campaign and we're gonna bring down this warlord in Africa, and they get the intention of the entire world, and then they weren't prepared, and it just fucking crumbled, you know, Mirac- yeah. not not horribly so, like it was like a meteor, okay? And I think it's the same. And so what? Anyway, going back to Aquaria. With the Parkland people, yeah, like when the part they have the energy, but then sometimes you see them on interviews and when it's when it, whenever they talk for a really long time and they don't have prepared speeches, they start to sound like children, you know. Yes, I the two of them were on Bill Maher a couple weeks ago, and I was thinking, you have some really good points, but now you're just doing to the you know where where you're starting to drop the f bomb and stuff because you're realizing you're on you're on TV and you can do that, and it's trying to. It it just sounded very immature. A really good example is actually during not one of those kids you see all the time is during the CNN uh, town hall, and that one kid nails Marco Rubio, and is like, "Are you willing mm-hmm. right now to say that you will not take money from the NRA or whoever?" Right, and he and the whole right. crowd goes crazy. Right, but that's the part we saw. But if you watch the actual clip, then he starts – he gets energized by the crowd and he starts saying, like, stupid shit, you know? And you're like, ugh, 
that's what that's where that's that's where you need an older person you know yeah who has the wisdom to know okay now what i do with this energy you know and then that's where the young people don't do it going to aquaria is aquaria has that youth and that cockiness that comes with youth right but right I, it's going to, it, I, I feel something, not, it, it, it's going to come crumbling down. And it may not even be on this show. It could be afterwards. Because the problem when you're, when you're young and hot and people want to fuck you is they let you do whatever you want. Right. That's the problem. As, as Pedro at Angels in 1996 learned, you know, or rather I learned the lesson. Would you ever really date Pony a stripper, no, I would never. I, well, I, I never had the opportunity. I I think that I would not be opposed to dating anybody. Um, Getting to know somebody if they said, you know, well, this is what I do for a living. I would be fascinated. I have a million questions. I would be willing to date them. I don't know how I would do long term in something like that. What about you? No, not because they're a stripper. I, I I can't imagine a universe where I have anything in common with a stripper. Okay. By the way, I did someone. But that's also how you get to know whether or not you have th- things in common. Because mm-hmm. that may be something where you guys have a love of love of drag race or you guys enjoy the same music or, you know, you guys both like, I know that you like, uh, you're a foodie. Maybe they're a foodie too. Mm-hmm. So there are ways that we find out things like that. You know what's so funny is I would totally date a porn star. I don't know why stripper is the weird thing where I'm like, huh. Is it because th- there's something glamorous, especially at this point in time, about porn stars that strippers, you immediately go to the place where they're, you know, they're stripping it on a Tuesday afternoon mm-hmm. on Hollywood Boulevard someplace and they're letting old man, you know, with, with porn stars, there may be a feeling of that they have some control over who they have sex with and what they're doing and that kind of stuff. Cause they can say, I refuse to work with that actor, that kind of stuff with a stripper, a stripper may be where that once they're up on stage or once they're in that back room doing a lap dance, they kind of just sort of whoever is there in front of them, they want to make a dollar. They they have to they have to dance for them. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking in gross stereotypes, and for any of our listeners who may be strippers or porn stars, I apologize. That's not, but I'm just wondering if that's it's that initial consultation, uh, initial not. Consultation. Yeah, I think what it might be is the sort of uncomfortable dialogue there is between the stripper and the people ogling them. That it makes me uncomfortable. Whereas with a porn star, like for instance, it's it's. Not like this podcast, but like on this podcast, you and I record this podcast and I don't, I don't like to get too much in my head about it, but we're recording this right now. We're going to put it out and then people will listen to it in the privacy of wherever they listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. We're not there. It's not, it's not, it's not a situation where it's like that one on one right in front of you. And I think right. porn is like that in most situations. You're not doing porn in front of people. It's filmed in a controlled environment and then it, people consume it in the privacy of their own homes. Right. But with a stripper, there is a relationship between these people sitting there watching this person. Does that make sense? And yeah. I think I, I think I find that uncomfortable. Well, it's almost well, I, it is more intimate 
than fucking on camera. Because we were talking about this today, uh, my group support group that I'm running for my clients. One of the uh, clients wanted to talk about loneliness. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about how in 1980, 20% of the population classified themselves as lonely most of the time. Mm -hmm. Now we're at 40% in the United States. So that we were looking at, well, what could some of the reasons be for that? And then we were talking about technology, how people are more connected, yet they're more isolated mm -hmm. because everything is when you text people or if you're watching porn or whatever you're doing, you're doing it through a device. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you have somebody in front of you, even if it's those micro relationships where you say, hey, how you doing when you're walking up and down an aisle at a grocery store, there's still there is still that connection. There is still that pheromones. There is still that electricity that goes through people that you can't get that same thing through holding a phone or watching something on TV. Yes, but I think it's going back to my example that I talked about earlier or with you talking about your story is a lot of stripping is based on a lie. There's no it, it, implicit lie in a drag – I'm sorry, in porn, which is in porn you're watching two other people have sex and maybe they're jacking off. But in stripping – I'm talking about the part where you get to like, uh, you know, lap dances and whatnot. They lead you to believe – so a, a stripper has to essentially at least fake it that, that, they, that you have a chance with them. I don't. I've never been to a strip place, you know, a strip bar or anything like that. I have. I have a strip club story that I. I'll tell you another time. It's quite. It's not my proudest moment, but well, I'll. I'll tell you. As I'll tell you a. Uh, I'll tell you about it at a different time because we're starting to run. Starting to run a little late here. Well, you know. When I was younger, I wasn't quite in college. I think I just finished college. I went to a gay bar, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I was supposed to go with a girlfriend of mine. And she ditched me. Not in a mean way. She was like, oh, my God, I'm so, so, so sorry. I can't make it, actually. So I was already at the bar waiting for her, right? Mm -hmm. And I met a guy. And it, I always talk about this story. I don't mention the end of the story, but I've often talked about part of the story, which is, I was like 21 or 22, and he was 27, and I was like, oh my god, I'm hooking up with an older guy, right? <laughs> so, um, he, I don't know why this happened, he told me his name was uh, Steve, and I was like, hey Steve, I'm actually not gay, I'm straight. I don't know why he said this, right? You said that I to said him? I said to him, right, and he was like, oh, whatever. And then we started making out. Meanwhile, meanwhile your shirt was tied in, and unbuttoned and tied in an eye. Meanwhile, I was standing on a speaker blowing a whistle. <laughs> so uh, you were drinking a big fruity drink yeah. with a with a bunch of fruit in it and an umbrella. Yeah. So anyway, I uh, and getting fucked in the ass by three big black eyes. Well, we're gonna get close. <laughs> Look. So anyway, he and I hit it off. And we start making now. He goes, "You want to go back to my place? I live around the corner." So I went to his place and we had sex. Right. Mm -hmm. and, oh, but well, there's an important part of the story. We showed up to his place and. In the corner of the, his bedroom was a folded towel and lube. And I was like, that's weird. How does he, like, mm -hmm. how, does he, did, I know, did he know he was going to like, like, this is so weird. I'm like, whatever. So we hook up and we have sex. 
and actually in the middle of sex, I go, I gotta tell you something. I'm I'm not really straight. He goes, I gotta tell you. I, I goes, I gotta tell you. My name's not really Steve, right? So we have sex. I leave. Whatever. He lives in the same neighborhood as a, a, another gay cousin that I have, right? Okay. So I'm talking to that gay cousin later. I go like, oh, listen, I actually, I think I met someone. I don't know if you know him, though. You live in the same neighborhood. What's the odds of you guys knowing him? I go, do you know a guy named Blank? I don't want to give his name. He goes, oh, yeah, he's like one of my best friends. He's a, he's a male escort. And I was like. No, but the re- <laughs> I was like, uh, what? And then it all made sense to me, like why there was a folded towel and like a bottle of lube already waiting there, you know? Right. And um, that was my stuff. So I've actually never paid for sex, but I've had, I've have, I have had sex with a male escort. This episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Make sure and join us for our next episode where we actually cover the very first episode. But for until then, for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself, sashay away until next week. Want to share your thoughts about Drag Race? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. If you want to help the show, leave us a review on iTunes. The more positive reviews we get, the higher we move up in the rankings, and that helps the show find a bigger audience. If you want to help the show even more, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash dragracerecap. For as little as $1 a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content not available on the main podcast feed. For up-to-the-minute news about the show, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dragracerecap and follow us on Twitter at dragracerecap. To find all of our old episodes, visit us at our website at dragracerecap.com. Taylor has his own podcast. It's called Pod Is My Copilot, and you can find it at podismycopilot.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Taylor on Instagram and Twitter at PIMC Taylor. Want to hear me talk about Drag Race even more? Well, then listen to me on One on One with Larry Flick every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, exclusively on Entertainment Weekly Radio Channel 105 on Sirius XM Radio. You can also find me on my other podcast, Catching Up with Mike and Joe, available at catchinguppodcast.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Finally, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Joe Batance, that's J-O-E, B-E-T-A-N-C-E.